Mac Power Users, episode 565, the 2020 Holiday Gift Guide. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks. I am here today, joined by my fellow co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello, David. Are you ready for some holidays? Ready or not, they're here, right? Yeah. All of a sudden... As a friend told me recently, I'm ready for 2020 to be over. So that's a step, right? Yeah. Holidays are a step towards that. It's uh, snowing here in Memphis right now, which is very strange. Just flurries. Nothing wild. Is that a thing in Memphis? Snow? Not usually. Every couple of years we get a, like a day where we get a couple inches, but even flurries are rare. So it's my kids think they're going to get out of school tomorrow, but it's like y'all are doing school virtually. I think you're still going to have school. Also, it's just flurries. Yeah, but they do get to have snowball fights. That's kind of fun. I don't think it's even going to be that much snow. Oh, okay. Well, It just looks pretty, but then it melts. Yeah, and it's like one of those communities, right, where there's like no infrastructure for snow. Oh, my gosh. In the every couple of years situations where we get an inch and a half or two inches of snow, everything shuts down. Because you're right, there's the city has like a handful of salt trucks or sand trucks or whatever. Like one snow plow. But two, like... The second you're outside the city, I mean, Memphis is set in a very rural environment. I mean, I can drive 20 minutes and be in just like hundreds of acres of farmland, right? So a lot of those places, it's, you know, two lane roads and that sort of thing. And so school buses can't go down them safely. So the schools close. We're just not cut out for it here. Yeah. Well, have fun with that. It's going to be great <laughs> using crutches uh, across the yard. But I don't, I don't think it's sticking. I looked just a second ago. It's coming down. It looks really pretty, but I don't think anything's going to happen. So. Cool. Um, so we are, uh, we're going to do the holiday gift guide today. Before we get started, I just thought I'd give a little uh, secret update to the Mac Power Users audience. As this show publishes, the new paperless field guide is just two days away from release. It's, go- it's going to release on February, I'm sorry, it's going to release on December 8th. And um, it's very nearly done as I'm here. I'm just doing some final steps. So you guys can check that out and uh, I'll be uh Sending out newsletters. The best way to keep up with the field guides, by the way, is just go to maxsparky.com and sign up for the newsletter. You get all the the information first from there. So next week, we'll be talking paperless. If you have any paperless questions, put them in the forums. I'll make sure to get them into the show notes for next week. But this week, we're here to talk about holidays and the gift guide. This is always a little weird, right? Because we're talking about stuff that we think we'd like, but I always try to also put stuff in there that I think I, I try to look at it as the generic geek gift guide. Yeah, I I find that balance to be tricky. This is my second one uh, here on MPU, and I actually looked back at what we did last year to kind of get the tone in my head again of what we were going to do. But I think we've we've rounded up some good stuff this year. Yeah, and, and we do, as geeks, we bump into technologies every year that suddenly we start to believe in. Like, I've got one thing in particular this year that I thought was complete nonsense until I bought one, and now I can recommend it. But um, it's kind of fun. It's fun if you're looking to uh, put something down on a list for people you love that, that may want to buy you something, or maybe there are people that you love that you want to buy something for, and we can inspire you to uh, a, a purchase or two. There you go. So this is, a, this is a fun episode, and I think we should just get started. Okay, well, we need to decide who goes first. And the official way to do that is to flip a Mac Power Users Challenge coin. I have one here. Okay. 
So I'll flip it. Uh, do you want the user or do you want the battery? Uh, always the user. Yeah, always you, you the fight user. for the users. There we go. So flip it. And it's the user. Good job. Oh, man. I get to go first then. And, and I want the listeners to know that Stephen did a very dirty deed to me this year. Um, hmm. uh, because I was too slow in getting the outline rolling, he went in and filled all 12 of his first. So you're, you're not telling pile the whole on story some, here. Some I will not sit here yeah. and be have my name drunk through the mud. <laughs> I I told you, hey, I'm going to get started a little early. I'm willing to leave half of mine empty until you do yours and I'll come back. And you said, no, go ahead. So don't make it out like I am picking on you. Come on. Oh, man. But you did. You did pick some good ones this year. I got to admit. <laughs> but we'll uh, see. I, I'm going to go first. I, I, I'm going to start with the most expensive pick of, I think, anything that we picked this year. And I am still in love with the M1 Mac. And man, I will tell you. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever told people to buy a Mac on the gift guide episode before, but this year I'm telling you, man, if you, what did Ferris Bueller say? If you have the means, mm-hmm. get yourself an M1 Mac. I, now that I've been using this thing a couple of weeks, I just can't get over it, man. I can't get over the way it snaps on when I turn it on. I can't get over the way it runs all my apps. Um, the, uh, the, the iPhone app thing is a bit gimmicky, but like I, I do run a couple iPhone apps on it, but it's just the speed at which this thing goes. And this is the other thing about the M1 Mac, right? Uh, At least with the laptops, you plug it in when you go to bed. And then the next day you use it all day and you don't think about it anymore. You never think about where is a plug so I can charge while I'm working. You just don't. I mean, I use my thing, my MacBook all day. And I go to bed and it's usually got like a third of the battery left. Mm-hmm. And that's after like a hard day of programming on it. Or like I've been rendering videos for the paperless field guide. And I thought, well, what the heck? I'll do them here because I've got the iMac Pro, but I was I was on the laptop and everything is on the cloud. So it's easy enough for me to do the renders on either device. And it just it just cuts through those things like a hot knife through butter. I, I just can't say enough about what happened this year with the Mac. I, I'm in total agreement. I've now spent some time with the MacBook Pro as well, and it's silent. Like, I cannot get the fan to become audible. It just, it runs and runs and runs. And yeah, it's, I mean, like we said on that episode, Apple really delivered what they promised, you know? And and what they said in the keynote was kind of hand-wavy at times, you know, three X, 5X, like that's hard to quantify, I think, in real life. But what they've delivered is a silent, cool running, long lasting notebook that's really powerful. Two notebooks and a Mac Mini. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic time. If that's the type of machine that meets your needs and you've been holding out, it's definitely time to to make the jump. And if not, there's a lot more good news coming over the next year. Yeah. I mean, if you're in video production and you want the big screen and something even badder than this M1. There is going to be an M1X or an M2 or whatever in six months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wait if that's the, the story. But I think for most people, the MacBook Air or even the, the low-end MacBook Pro that are available now is going to be way more computer than they need. Like, I, I was looking at my wife. So she had the, um, I think it was like the 2011 MacBook Pro. It was the very first... 13 inch MacBook Pro. 
you know, the aluminum one, mm-hmm, whatever that one. was. But it was like, you know, it was the speakers had stopped working and, it, you know, this thing had, it was, uh, it was nearly 10 years old and it showed it. And so I got her an M1 MacBook Air and I'm watching her like she sits in bed and uses it. And it used to always drive me crazy because it was blocking the, the vents for the fans. And, you know, and she just, she's abusive to her computer. And I don't mean <laughs> that in like a bad way, but like a typical user is not precious with their computer. And she's just, I mean, she's rocking this thing. And she doesn't, I'm not even sure she really understands M1. She hears her husband like, you know, waxing poetic about it at the dinner table, but I'm not sure she's even listening. But all her apps work, you know? Mm-hmm. I asked her the other night, I said, what do you like about Big Sur? And she's like, oh, I like that Chrome's faster. And I'm thinking, that's not Big Sur. No, no. <laughs> it's not Big no, Sur. no, no, it's not. Yeah, today is Mary's uh, first day back teaching after the holiday break. And, you know, I kind of walked by. I was like, oh, I, do, I don't hear it. You know, and she, was, she gave me a big thumbs up that she was happy that her new MacBook Air is silent, which is fantastic. Yeah. Well, anyway, Apple, you know, we're, we'll we'll probably do a state of the Mac episode at some point next year. But man, there there is nothing but good news now. And if you'd like to get yourself a new basic laptop, I don't think you could do better than one of those M1 Macs. Agreed. I'm gonna stay in the Apple hardware arena because uh, I also I also picked a new Apple hardware product, and that is the iPad Air introduced this fall of course it brings a lot of the design elements from the ipad pro so USB-C, the flat sides introduces touch id uh, for the first time in this body style and uh, we've got one of these in in my house my wife was using an, like a really old ipad air that, that was falling apart and we got her this and it's really fantastic i mean there's really in using it really no difference between this and my 11 inch ipad pro except for touch id versus face id other than that they feel the same they look the same they they weigh very similar amounts uh, my, my really my only gripe is that i think 64 gigabytes is a little bit of a bummer and to go up to 256 the price goes up a good bit i kind of wish there was something in between there but uh, i think if you're looking for an ipad to uh to do some work on i don't think you've got to go to the ipad pro unless you just really want the 12.9 inch between this and the 11 inch ipad pro this ipad air wins for me every time yeah i believe the ipad pro also has the faster refresh rate which can be helpful if you're using the pencil but i agree i mean the difference in price and I, i don't recall the exact numbers but isn't like half the price of an ipad pro it starts that way, but if you go up to 256 gigs, it's $749. So you're getting closer to iPad Pro territory, but still not quite there. Yeah, it, it, it is hard to justify that step up unless you've got a, a really good reason. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the M1 laptops. I mean, there are people who are going to need a, a more, like, I don't want to use the word professional. I'm going to say a, a power-intensive laptop. Mm-hmm. that are going to be like video professionals or people doing a lot of machine learning stuff. But I mean, for most people, I think that entry level MacBook, I mean, iPad air is kind of like the M one MacBook and MacBook air. It just does the job. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get any accessories for it? Uh, yeah. So she's got the, the magic keyboard with the trackpad and 
she has she likes the stability that it offers. I don't know how much she's using the trackpad though. I think it just it takes a little while to kind of get used to that, I think. And uh to answer the questions in advance, she got the green one and she really likes the green. The green is really nice. It's subtle, but it looks really nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's my next pick is the Apple Magic Keyboard for iPad. There you go. If you've got one of these iPads that support it, um it's an it's an investment but it really is transformative for an iPad. You know, if you're somebody who has, for instance, a big, maybe you've got an iMac on your table and you've got an iPad for your mobile stuff, you don't own a laptop, this keyboard is going to uh, to be worth the investment because increasingly app developers are supporting it. Uh, Like Steven said, you forget that touch is there until you accidentally touch it and you're like, oh yeah, I can do that now on an iPad. Mm Mm-hmm. But I use it all the time, and having now kind of got used to it, I use touch on it all the time. It's it's amazing to me how small the trackpad is compared to a laptop, you know, because Apple has these massive trackpads on their laptops. But it's very useful. And the way, I mean, this in this past year, Apple um, added this kind of remarkable keyboard. It feels, you know, it's got a great feel to it. It's got the scissor switches in it. Um, it the way the iPad floats on top of it's really cool. The ability to use the touch interface and the whole change Apple made in 2020 to the touch interface on the iPad with this adaptive cursor is really great because, you know, in some ways it's better than the Mac because the cursor adapts to what it's doing, but it still allows you to reach up and touch the screen. Um, you know, just, all in Apple did a, a great job with coming up with a professional keyboard. And I tried a bunch of the others this year. I didn't even review them. I sent them back because I, I was going to do this big review of, of, you know, what's this versus that. And at the end of the day, I just realized the only one that's worth buying in my opinion is this Apple magic keyboard because it's just so far superior to everything else. And the way the iPad just snaps onto it is even great too, because it's a nice cover over the iPad, but then when you want it to be a tablet, you know, what the iPad was made for, it just snaps right out with the magnets and it's, there's no fuss. I I remember some of those early keyboards for the iPad where you had to like physically, you know, jam them into something. And at that point it was a laptop and not an iPad anymore because Mm -hmm. getting it out was way too much work. Yeah. It's, it's nice that you can just pull the iPad off of it and the keyboard stand stays there waiting for you to get back yeah that's a good pick and i think it's uh, i think it's great that the ipad air and the 11 inch ipad pro can use the same size one so if you you know upgrade or maybe you have more than one ipad or more than one ipad in the household maybe you can share it which is nice and i think this is a really good gift for non-mac power user listeners who have ipads because i think i mean i know it's expensive but i mean there's a lot of people that have these iPads that if, if you gave them a quality keyboard like this, it would really up their usage of the device. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with a little bit of an easy one this time because every year we can always recommend chargers and portable batteries and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, I came across uh, a new one actually because of um, an episode of the talk show, John Gruber's podcast, the, Aki Omnia 90 watt three port MacBook Pro charger. And so this has two USB C ports and one USB A port, 
But what's cool about this is one of those USB-C ports is power delivery. So it, it can charge a 13-inch MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air or even a 16-inch MacBook Pro on its own. Now, if you're using more than that port, the power kind of goes down a little bit. So if you need to charge multiple devices, it won't be quite as fast. But this has replaced in my travel bag, whenever I get to use it again, the old school like five USB-A ports with a bunch of cables running out of it to charge everything. Because with this, I could charge my iPad, I could charge my notebook, and I could charge uh, my Apple Watch or my iPhone. Like in kind of three of the four, I could charge at the same time. And with M1 battery life, you don't have to charge your laptop very often. So uh, this thing is great. It's smaller than the battery brick that comes with the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Which actually is still pretty big. So it's bigger than what comes with a smaller notebook or an iPad, but still really compact. And uh, I've used it in the house a little bit just to kind of see how it's all working. And I've been really impressed with it. Yeah, there was in the last year, maybe the last couple of years, there's been this explosion of technology and wall wart chargers. Um, there's another, a new technology they're using for the battery charger itself. That yeah, it's makes like it GAN something yeah yeah i'm sorry i don't remember the technical but it's it makes it much lighter you get way more bang for your buck in terms of wattage out versus size of the charger and it seems safe enough i mean i've been using one of them for a couple years since they they first showed up and and had no problem and i have i have not used the one that steven is recommending but i've got a couple anchor ones and i also have one that i bought on a kickstarter campaign and they're lighter and they charge just as fast, if not faster. And these things are not that expensive. I mean, you know, charger got chargers got lighter and cheaper over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, for whatever reason, Apple is not using that GAN technology. So maybe that means, you know, they're, they're afraid of something new and they don't want to set somebody's house on fire, but I've been using the GAN chargers and not have had any problem. But if you're just using the Apple built-in chargers, um, upgrading to one of these isn't a bad idea. Because like Stephen said, you can take one of those and have everything you need Mm -hmm. on a hypothetical trip. Yep. It's gallium nitride. I looked it up while you were speaking. And, uh, you know, I think Apple hasn't moved to it uh, partially because Apple makes, I mean, the volume of chargers they ship has got to be bigger than any of these other companies. And so maybe it's just... uh, a sourcing issue, but um, it does have temperature control and over voltage protection, this particular one. And most of them do if you get a, a, a nice one. And so you can see that they've got some, uh, some stuff built into it to make sure everything stays safe. But yeah, I've been, I've been really impressed with it and it's, it's totally going to make my like travel mountain of cables uh, much tidier, which I'm excited about. Yeah, now you're going to go buy this the shorter cables too to like really just like tighten things up. Well, see, that's the thing. If you're traveling, you know, you never quite know where you can plug something in. So I kind of like yeah. the longer ones in the travel bag because what if it's like behind the bed in the hotel room or something? Yeah. The, and the other thing Stephen was talking about how he only had three ports, but he had four devices is once you start charging a MacBook, that's also a charging platform. So like you can plug your phone into your MacBook overnight and it'll charge through the MacBook. At least that's, that's what I do mm-hmm. when I don't have enough ports. So you're right. It has like, it, it lightens the load. And these things are small enough that like 
even like your day bag or like your backpack when you're going out for the day. Although if you buy a new M1 Mac, I'm not sure you need one. It's not that much weight to throw one of these things in your bag. Yeah. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. Go to onepasswordcom MPU in all caps to get 20% off. We just got Big Sur on the Mac and now 1Password version 7.7 fully supporting Big Sur is out. And this one is a doozy. Now, if you've got a MacBook with Touch ID, you're used to being able to unlock your 1Password vault with Touch ID, which is awesome. But then when you get back to your iMac and it doesn't have Touch ID or your laptop without Touch ID, it just drives you crazy because you've got to type in that password all the time. They added a new feature with version 7.7 that is a total game changer. You can now unlock 1Password with your Apple Watch just like you can any of the other security settings on your Mac. If your Mac has a secure enclave, and if you're using macOS 10.15 or later using the latest devices, you'll now see an option in 1Password preferences to turn on unlock with Apple Watch alongside with the Touch ID option. After you set it up, you'll get a notification on your Apple Watch anytime you open 1Password in macOS, double-click the unlock, and you're in. It's that simple. This is so handy. If you've got an iMac with a secure enclave, or if you're using your laptop with an attached keyboard, now you can unlock 1Password just like you unlock any of the other security settings. Double tap on your watch, and you're good to go. There's a bunch of other new features. They've got this cool inline Safari experience where you can go straight into your 1Password vault from Safari. They've added privacy cards, and they've got some nice details they've added to the design. But unlocking with your watch, man, that is a game changer. If you're not using 1Password to store your secure data and your passwords, you should. Head over to onepasswordcom MPU in all caps to check it out. They'll give you 20% off and you can get started right away. I'm using the 1Password family plan and I've got everybody in my family using secure passwords. Once again, that's onepasswordcom MPU in all caps to get that 20% off. Check it out. And thank you 1Password for your support of the Mac Power users. I have uh, another Apple pick. I'm trying to get my Apple picks out early. Okay. Um, and this is one that we have we picked in the past. But because of this crazy year we just went through, I just wanted to recommend it one more time. I This year, one of the things that got me through this year is my beloved AirPods Pro. You know, I had to move my studio out of a private room in the house to a public room. And I can't expect everybody to walk on tiptoes in the public area of the house. So a lot of times I'm, you know, writing contracts and working on screencasts and doing the things I do to pay for my bills uh, in a room where people are walking around and, you know, in the next room over, they're cooking or talking or laughing or, or hopefully having fun. I would not have made it through this year without those AirPods Pro. They are, they are, and, and noise canceling headphones are not a new invention. And I've had them in the past, but I've never had the in ear ones like these AirPods Pro. They work great. They just work great. They fit my ear perfectly. I did buy some foam pads. I'm going to put them in the show notes, some like memory foam pads replacement. You can get them on Amazon. They show up in a couple of weeks. Um, I think they come from China, so it takes a while. But the, um, so I upgraded the foam pot, uh, uh, the foam pads on them to memory mm-hmm. foam, but they stick in my ear all day and they're very comfortable. And when I click the button to go into noise canceling mode, 
I don't hear any of the other noise in the house. So the people in the house can go about their business and have fun and I can work without interruption. And uh, I, I really think that that was one of the most useful pieces of technology I had this year. Yeah, I know a lot of people really love the AirPods Pro. Mike Hurley basically lives in his. Like he really enjoys them and uses them a lot. And I think the foam tips definitely are something that distinguish them from the regular AirPods. I, I use the AirPods too. Pros didn't really work for me, but I do wish that I could change the tip out on the regular ones and I, and I can't. Now they fit well enough for me, but it'd be nice to have some options. And that's something uh, that is nice about this. Um, you can do these. I mean, there's a bunch of methods uh, to swap out the tips or put the foam tip, put foam under the rubber tips, all sorts of things out there to make them more comfortable if you need that. But it also makes a better seal. So the, the noise cancellation is even that much more uh, useful. Yeah. And I, I would not recommend trying to like build your own like mod to your AirPods Pro. At this point, there are a bunch of vendors making, like, if you want memory foam, you can get memory foam. If you want rubber, you can get rubber. But there's a bunch of vendors that now make and sell these things that are sized exactly for the AirPods. And uh, I bought two or three. The one I'm putting in the show notes is the one that worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, try it out and see what you think. But for a lot of people, the rubber ones that come with it are just fine. But I I found the memory foam is more comfortable because I've got them in there sometimes three, four hours at a time. and they're so good that my family, like if they call out to me to do something, I just don't hear them at all. They have to walk up to me and tap on my shoulder or, mm-hmm. or now they text me from the next room. Nice. They, yeah. So, but the, um, but it really has made it possible for me to work in an area, you know, you, you know, when people used to talk about when Apple made the new campus, how everything was these public spaces, mm-hmm. open and office said, open office and everybody's like that's never going to work you never be able to get work done see i'd never worked in an open office but now i get it why everybody hates it you Mm -hmm. know because it is hard to focus when you know they're in the background making cookies you know so i (laughs) so you know you put the airpods in then you turn on dark noise or some good music and you just go into your own little space i just had the funny thought of maybe apple made airpods pro because they now have open offices and they all realized it was a bad idea too. I'm like, oh no, what are you, noise canceling <laughs> AirPods. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it makes a huge difference. If you are working or even like if you've got a spouse and that person is working at home and you're going, walking around all day making noise for them, do them a favor and get them a pair of AirPods Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been working a lot in the house over the last month and you know, usually I'm out here in the studio, it doesn't matter, but everyone's at home because school is virtual and, and I've been working in our bedroom and I've been using my, I've got a pair of custom in-ear monitors and they block out exterior sound really well. And so I've had the same thing of like, hey, we've been calling you. It's like, sorry, I can't, I can't hear that. You got to come, you got to text me or come get me. Yeah. So you mentioned one of my picks and so I will, uh, I'll bring it out now. And that is my... Uh, one of my favorite apps, new apps of the last year or so, and it's the best white noise app I've ever used. It's called Dark Noise. It runs on the iPhone and iPad. It also runs on M1 Max. You can put it there. It's in the App Store. A lot of white noise apps I've used in the past have really, really terrible user interfaces. And if you want to do things like 
blend two sounds. So I, I, for instance, like brown noise and heavy rain. Like that's kind of my go-to. And other apps that was kind of difficult to do where you didn't have a lot of control of, over it, Dark Noise added that recently so you can really customize your sounds. It all syncs over iCloud, which is really cool. So you can have your uh, your you know your custom mixes and you can set icons and stuff for them all. And that all syncs with iCloud across your devices. And I've been really happy with it. I use it not every night, but you know, several times a week, especially if I go to bed before Mary does, it's something that I've got running on my phone uh, until it lights out. Yeah, I will second the nomination. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I have a, 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 a pro, I have a what they call tinnitus, where there's a ringing in my ears, and I've had it for like ten years, but it's got progressively worse. And yeah, the problem is I'm a musician, and like the left ear to the right ear is a minor third. So it's like I hear a part of a chord 24 seven. And uh, so I always want noise in the background. And if I listen to jazz, I actually start taking the jazz apart in my head and not working. You know I mean? It's like, it's like, well, how'd he do that? You know? Um, So I run this dark noise app often like five, six hours a day. You know, I was talking a minute ago about those AirPods pro Mm -hmm. thunderstorm thunderstorm man i that thunderstorm has played more than any song in my life and um the guy who makes that app is a guy named charlie chapman we had him on automators episode 46 he's the nicest guy and he just made the app because he wanted to get better at making ios apps and so it it started as an experiment for him and turned into this really successful app but he just pours a ton of love into it and i had bought all of the major noise making apps over the years, both on the Mac and the iPhone because of the tinnitus thing. And this is the one that stuck and it's great. And he made it available on your M1 Mac. Yeah, it's on the M1 Mac and he does a good job at implementing new iOS features. Like Charlie's just on it with this application. Yeah. Like I have a bunch of automations. Like when I want to start um, planning an MPU episode that will kick off a timer and then start playing my thunderstorm and do stuff. But it's just like part of my automation routine is starting at the noise. Yeah, it's cool. All right. I think I've knocked out all of my Apple picks <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, but there's something I, I, I would really like to recommend people buy. And we've talked about this on the show. This is a little bit of follow-up of last week's show. But if you have an iPhone, you really need to have yourself and a mobile photography rig. And what I mean by that is, and this is, this is a pick that encompasses a few pieces, but um, this is something I think you could buy for yourself or buy for a loved one or your kids or whatever. But uh, what you should have ideally is a way to mount your phone, a tripod and an additional light source. And ideally this should be able to fit into a purse or even a jeans pocket because it's mobile photography. You don't want to carry a big bag full of stuff. And I've kind of perfected mine over the years. And, um, and I would recommend that you do the same. And the, the things you get with that is a tripod gives you the ability to do um, 
time-lapse photography and long exposure photography and a bunch of the stuff, cool stuff we talked about, you know, last week um, is all available to you because of a tripod. And it doesn't, you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to buy the $600 peak design tripod. You can get by with, you know, very meager stuff, but you just need a source. And uh, the one I've recommended in the past is the Joby micro tripod, mm -hmm. which is about the size of a stick of gum when you fold it up. It, it's so small that it not only fits in my jeans pocket, it fits in the coin pocket, of my jeans pocket. Um, so I went looking for a link for the show today and it looks like this is discontinued and that made me very sad. Oh man. Uh, but there are still some out there. Like I think B and H had some in stock. Um, but you know, if you can find one, get one. Cause I don't know that there, I looked for like 20 minutes. I could not find anything like it, but I'm sure that, you know, somebody's going to make a very micro tripod once this one goes off the market. But even if you don't get one that small, if you just search Google for mini tripod, there's a bunch of them available and they'll fit in your pocket as well. So you want a small tripod. And what that gets you is the ability to lock your camera down when you combine it with a tripod mount for your phone. And I think there's really only one I would recommend for that. That's the Glyph device. And that's the same one that Austin talked about last week. And, and we've mentioned this one on the past as well. I mean, both of us are friends with the guys over there. but they honestly made the best tripod mount for a phone. And I think it's the version three one, the one they're selling now has that locking cam mechanism. So whether your phone is in a case or not in a case, or whether it's an iPhone mini or an iPhone jumbotron with a big case on it, it doesn't matter. This thing will hold it. And it's got a bunch of locking points. It's just the one and that fixed in your pocket as well. And then the last piece of it, which I don't think I've really mentioned on the, on the show, is is the Loom Cube, which is a tiny LED light source. Um, the very the the generation one one was like about an inch and a half deep, and the new one is like half of that, so it's even easier to stick it in your pocket. But you you charge it; it's got a battery built in. It's waterproof. It's got a magnet on it, so you can attach it to anything. But if you are out taking pictures with your phone and you just have one additional light source, you can like offset the light source for your subject. You can do all sorts of cool things with it. And if you get those three things, a tripod, tripod mount, and a light source, your, your uh, mobile photography game is going to go way up. And with the newer iPhones, they have these amazing cameras in them. You just, you know, make it work. I, I have taken so many pictures with my iPhone just in that tiny little tripod on top of a trash can or something that just look amazing. And people think I, you know, they're like, how did you do that? And it's just a few things that fit in my pocket. Now the, with the loom cube, are you talking about the, the product that is actually a cube? Cause they've got a lot of stuff on their website. Yeah, I will, uh, I will get a link to the exact one that I have, Okay, but it's just a little cube. And it is, um, they've got a, but they've also got flat panels and whatnot, but the, the cube one holds a charge for a long time. And I will, um, it's the loom cube 2.0 is okay. the one that I have. Cool. It looks, uh, adorable. It's like a tiny little, little light friend. Yeah. And they, they've got bigger panels too, mm -hmm. but that, that little one is great. Cause it fits in your pocket. You can set the color. Um, they've got a phone app where you can time, have it fire off like a, like a flash when you take your picture. But the way I use it is I don't even use their app. I just turn the light on and I'll hold it like four feet to the left of me, or I'll set it on a trash can pointing at my subject and then take my picture. 
or I'll even hold it with my left hand and then shoot with my right hand. And um, it just improves the pictures, especially for nighttime photography. I mean, Austin was talking last week about how he used his wife's phone, just turned on the screen. The Loom Cube is what I do that for. Well, I've I've made a purchase. There we go. <laughs> Cha-ching. Uh, it was going to happen eventually. One of us is going to do something. Yeah, but I, I this gift in particular is one that I think is a great gift for somebody in your life that likes to take pictures with their phone, which is almost everybody. And they just don't know about this stuff. Like I, I ordered this set for my sister who takes amazing pictures with her phones, but it's never occurred to her to put it on a tripod, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's got a great eye for photography. So I I can't wait to see what she does with it. You know, once she gets it, because anybody can use this stuff. It's not like super geeky. Sure. And it'll fit in her purse. So I, I think it's going to be a fun gift. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine most people don't realize what the iPhone can do when it senses it's in a tripod with no handshake. Right. I mean, we mentioned long exposure, better night shots. I mean, it really opens the creative field up a lot wider if you're able to do that. Yeah. We just uh, decorated our tree and I put the phone on a tripod and just did time-lapse and we time-lapse the tree decoration process. And we got a great video of that. All right. I'm going to go with something else that I purchased because of you. Okay. The, uh, the stream deck. All right. I was not a believer in the stream deck and we did our show and we, we talked about it and I've got one now on my desk under my display hooked up to my computer and it's really fantastic. And I'm not using it for any video stuff. I'm using it mostly with keyboard maestro to open groups of Safari tabs, control some HomeKit stuff in my office, uh, open a, a, a set of applications that I need, some media controls. And it's been a really nice addition where before I'd have to go into Safari and find the MPU folder and say, open all tabs, right? Where it has our schedule and our outlines and the CMS and our ad inventory, all that stuff. Now I can just push a button with the MPU logo on it and a new Safari open new Safari window opens with those tabs ready to go because it tells Keyboard Maestro, hey, do this job, and Keyboard Maestro does that for me. It's really been really been awesome. Yeah, that's one of the best uses for the, uh, for the Stream Deck is setups. Like you sit down at your computer and you have different setup buttons. Mm-hmm. Like you have the MPU one. I have them for legal writing, and I have them for you know, screencasting. And I just push one button on this box. And my computer magically arranges itself for me to start working. It's it's really great. And uh, in fact, I some point soon, I'm going to be working on building um, a PC for my streaming stuff because the little Surface laptop I have is being strangled to death by, by streaming software. And I'm going to get one for that desk too to use with the streaming software and, you know, cut between scenes and stuff because it's it's as flexible as it, as anything I've ever used in terms of this, right? And it's just a bunch of light up buttons instead of having to remember keyboard shortcuts or putting something in the menu bar, I can just reach out and touch something right above my keyboard. And, um, and I've actually, and I'm going to work on a blog post about this. If I get it done before this episode goes up, I'll leave a link in the show notes, but uh, tying better touch tool and keyboard maestro together 
to replicate some of this stuff on my touch bar on my MacBook Pro because yeah. I've I've come so used to okay, I just push the MPU button and MPU documents come up. I wanted that on my notebook as well. So the Stream Deck is even uh send uh, you know letting other devices in my world become easier to use. Yeah, uh, now a couple power tips on the Stream Deck. Have you set it up yet for app specific um setups? Uh I have played with that. Um but I haven't gotten super far into it yet. I was hoping like my ideal and it's, I need some time to sit down with it is like to have, have a screen that's just logic stuff, right? Cause that's where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, but I haven't gone too deep into that world yet. Yeah. So you can set it up to say, have a logic screen and you tie it to the application in this, in the stream deck setting. So when you open logic, the stream deck automatically adjusts to all your logic buttons mm-hmm. and, I do it for like really weird stuff like Microsoft word. I always have to write comments and documents and sometimes they're comments for the other lawyer, but sometimes they're comments for my clients eyes only. So it says privileged and, you know, bold text with highlighting and, you know, I do all these steps and I realize this is crazy. So I'm, I wrote keyboard maestro scripts to do them all. And now when I open Microsoft word, I've got this whole panel of things I can do in Word that used to take a bunch of keystrokes. You know, you find all these uses for it. Another good one is email. Like if you like to move email around, you could have a set of buttons on the Stream Deck to move your email for you. I mean, I should have bought stock in Stream Deck, honestly. Everybody <laughs> I know that buys one loves it. I was just talking to TJ Leoma lately, and he's he's really into it. Um, there, there's just a lot you can do with this stuff. TJ made one. He wrote a script for his that, actually shows him his next appointment and it goes from green to red as the appointment gets closer, you know, <laughs> I mean, TJ man, but the, uh, but either way, I, I think that's a great, um, gift idea or, or if you want to buy yourself a, a gift, I think it's a, it's a fun thing. Oh, one other power tip is have you set okay. a wallpaper to your stream deck yet? Uh, I have not. I saw in a recent release they uh updated that functionality but no if i if i you have to uh if i leave it then it just comes up with the elgato logo on it yeah but you put like the relay logo on there or i I put the uh, star wars rebel symbol on mine i'm gonna put your face as my wallpaper on it oh that's awesome yes i'll send you a picture (laughs) okay i'll send you a picture of my jungle cruise hat perfect This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Woven, the all-in-one calendar perfect for busy people. Woven syncs all of your calendars in one place, including Google, G Suite, and Microsoft 365 accounts, so you can see all of your time, both personal and professional. I can't tell you how many times I've run into a calendaring snafu because maybe I'm just looking at one or the other. Woven brings work and home together, and in some really interesting ways, you get scheduling links directly in your calendar. You can quickly block your week using Woven's smart templates so you can plan everything perfectly. It also has built-in analytics so you can easily calculate where you spend your time so you can make time for what matters most. You really need to check this out. Take control of your calendar and improve your workflow. As a listener of this show, you can try Woven for free for 21 days. Go to woven.com or click the link in the show notes. That's woven, W-O-V-E-N.com. Our thanks to Woven for their support of the Mac Power users. 
another thing I did in the pandemic year this year was I upgraded my chair. Okay. So yeah, you're spending more time at home, obviously. Uh, what did you go? Because th- there's a lot of opinions about this. I know. I've always avoided it, honestly. I had a cheap chair that I had for a long time. I bought it for myself back when I was at the office. I took it home with me after I quit that job. And it was just kind of failing on me. The The little pump thing on the bottom wouldn't hold the pump. So I'd sit in the chair and then slowly sink you know, over the course of an hour. <laughs> And then suddenly I'd feel like I was like four years old and working at my dad's desk. And uh, so I decided I needed a new chair. And uh, Mike Schmitz, uh, my co-host on the Focus podcast, told me how he was really researching all these chairs and trying to find the best one. So I said, well, what, which one did you pick? Since I figured I'd just kind of like tap onto his research. And sure. he turned me on to the Foley Capisto chair. Which is, a, I've never spent $600 on a chair in my life. I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I did it. <laughs> um, but it is like, it's like a Star Trek chair. I don't know how else to explain it. It doesn't look like a chair. It's almost like a saddle with a back on it. Yeah, it looks wild. Yeah, but it's it's actually quite comfortable. And I've never been a fan of chairs that have like armrests and stuff because I, then I get, leave my arms on them and then ergonomically it causes problems. But this chair... You can spin it around and sit in it backwards and lean forward into it. You can like, it's just got all these different ways you can sit in it. And it's made for a desk that goes up and down like mine. So I can crank it up pretty high when it's in standing mode and still have a chair available to me. And I, um, and I spent all this money on this chair with the full intention of saying, if I don't love this, I'm sending it back and going to Staples, which was my original plan, you know, but you know, I love this chair. (laughs) I really do. And, um, I've had it now about four months and I can't imagine not using it. It's, uh, it's very comfortable. And so, so I bought a new chair this year, but I thought in, in terms of a, a year end show, if you find yourself working at home, um, a, a, a good gift or something to buy yourself at the end of the year would be a, a proper sit stand desk and a proper chair. You don't have to get the same one I got, but, um, it's hard to work at home and we're all trying to make the best out of it. And I can tell you that I bought this sit stand desk, I don't know, like seven, eight years ago and it's got a button on it. I can make it stand and make it sit. It wasn't a gimmick. I use it all the time. I work a lot of time during the day standing and I like work a lot of the time during the day sitting and I move the desk up and down throughout the day as, as I need, you know, just movement and adjustment. And, um, and this is something I would recommend to someone. Oh, one other thing about it is the 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 wheels with the Capisco chair mm-hmm. were crap. They were crap. Oh yeah, they were like uh, like all these office chairs. No matter how much money you spend on them, they have lousy wheels. Yes, but I um, but they they sell on Amazon. I'll put a add a link to the show notes. They're like rollerblade wheels, but they have the you know the peg mount that all office chairs have. So I bought a set of those. And if you and I were going to have a chair race somewhere, mm-hmm. I would win. I'm certain <laughs> of it. And because I have wood floors, the, 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 the plastic slash, you know, the traditional wheels start scratching up the floors. These rubber wheels don't damage the floor. So you don't need to get one of those silly mats. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, one of the first things I did when I went independent was buy a nice chair. I need to have it serviced. It's gotten a little noisy if I lean back, but... It's been good otherwise, and I did the same thing. I replaced the wheels on mine. Um, even though now it's on a rug, I still put nicer wheels on them just so it, they, they wouldn't 
kind of break down on me over time. We are such nerds. Like we're we're just not happy with the wheels in our chairs. Yeah. Well, if you spend all day in it, and, and something we were talking about in the relay members Discord over the weekend was if you look for a bigger company and you're working from home, you may actually have money available to you to spend on like a home office. A lot of big companies have that sort of thing. So if you're in a, a, a big organization, you know, maybe ask around and they may actually help offset some of these costs. Yeah, well, this Capisco chair I have just doesn't really accommodate you if you want to slouch. Yeah. And that's really good for me. You know? <laughs> and um, so I, I, you know, I really, um, I'm, I, I never thought I'd be a chair nerd, but I am. And I got the weirdest looking chair you've ever seen. Even if you have no intention of buying it, you should just go look at this thing. Well, I'm glad you're liking it. It's a, it's an important part of the setup. And, you know, sitting on something cheap and terrible, it can cause real issues over time. I mean, that's yeah. that's not a joke. All right. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go and I'm looking through my list. Um, hmm. Let's go off the, the beaten path a little bit. So you talked about a chair and a desk. I'm going to talk about a knife. Um, okay. Just because as I was doing this, I was kind of thinking about, you know, what are the things that I carry on my person every day? And uh, this, uh, and I don't know how to say it, knife people. So if you're a knife person, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's SOG or SOG. I'm going to go with SOG. Um, the TW18CP Twitch 2, the knife that I carry. This is a gift from Ben Brooks, and he is a knife guy. I told him uh, like years ago, I was like, hey, what should I buy? I want to carry it on me, basically just to open boxes and, you know, have something small that's, um, you know, it's got a clip on it. That was important to me. And he sent me one of these and it's been fantastic. It, it locks, which is really important. So the once the blade is out, you have to unlock the blade to close it again. It has a really nice clip on it that's like screwed in through the handle. So the clip and the clip is metal. So the clip's not going to break on you. And it's uh, it's pretty lightweight. It's six inches. It's not even that big. Um, and that's six inches uh, opened up. So the the knife blade is like 2.7 inches long. So it's not a, a huge knife, but it's great for, you know, opening boxes or doing stuff around the house. You know, you're not going to go out into the wilderness with this to fend for yourself against Mother Nature. But it's uh, it's a good choice for kind of an everyday use. And the best part is it's like 50 bucks. And so it's not a real big expense like some of them can be. Yeah, I'm a big Leatherman guy. Yes. I've got one. Uh, I have a Leatherman in my truck at all times, and it's in the same place in my truck. So I know if I need it, if I'm on the side of the road or like helping somebody with something or just I'm doing something and I need a tool that I use it and it goes back in the truck. Um, I don't want to carry it because it's it's heavy. Yeah, I, I've got the small Leatherman, which most days I carry. And then like on work around the house days, I carry the bigger one. But yeah, this is a nice knife. Yeah, I've been I've been really happy with it. I have um I'd like to go now to then I feel like a lot of my picks this year are um pandemic inspired. Sure. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad, but the uh it's just reality as we know it right now. Yeah, I guess. I guess. so here I mentioned earlier in the show sometimes I have picks of something that I thought was dumb, but now I'm a believer. Um so as you may recall when uh, a few months ago we had some fires here in Southern California and we got chased out of our house and 
one of the downsides of having, you know, a wildfire next to your house is everything smells and, you know, there's ash in the air and it's just gross and it gets everywhere. So I had always been anti-air purifier. I always felt like it was just a gimmick, you know? Um, but I decided this is terrible. And like, you could literally see the ash while you're walking around your house. Oh, so I've got to do something. And, um, and it just floats in the air. It never lands, you know? So I, um, um, so I ordered, I, you know, I went and did the research and I ended up picking the, uh, the top pick at, uh, at wire cutter, mm-hmm. which is no longer, uh, I, I think actually it still is the wire picker. Uh, but so I got a couple of these air purifiers and put them in the house. And I just can't tell you how fast they clean the air. I mean, all of a sudden there was no more ash and, you know, we have dust in the air too. And we just don't have dust in the house anymore either. My daughter who has allergies seems like her allergies are less extreme than they used to be. And then as I was playing for the show today, I looked up, I said, you know, does a HEPA filter help you avoid COVID? And there's significant authority, according to the internet, you know, I don't, I don't, didn't do any testing on this, that actually having, yes, having these HEPA filters in your house reduces the, um, the likelihood of COVID staying or spreading in the air. So there's just a lot of reasons to like these things and they're not that expensive, but they are kind of expensive. It's about 150 bucks for the one I recommended. We bought two of them and we kind of move them around the house. Um, the ones we bought, um, I don't know how they do it, but they sense when there's more particulates in the air and they turn themselves up. And then when there's less particulates in the air, they turn themselves down. And I looked at the filters last night and there is a lot of gunk that it has pulled out of the air in my house. And maybe I'm just late to the game here, but these things really work. And, um, and this is something I would recommend. Cool. Uh, how big are they? I'm trying to get a sense of scale from the pictures. Um, uh, about 18 inches square, maybe uh, maybe okay. 24 inches square, maybe. Yeah. So not, not pretty huge. big. They got enough surface area to pull the, you know, to scrub the air, but they're, they're very quiet. You don't know they're on unless they go up to their high setting. Mm-hmm. That's good. But they don't go up to their high setting very often. Like they, last night, my daughter was cooking and they, what they went up to the high setting. So apparently <laughs> something in the air from the cooking. Like when you set the smoke alarm off and the kids call it the cooking alarm, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But but yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel dumb and I wish, especially seeing how they've helped out with the allergies that I, I wish I had bought some of these years ago. That's, that's good. And I think it's, you know, we're in 2020, this is just part of reality and part of how we shop for each other, I guess. Yeah. Happy or Merry, Merry Christmas, honey. Here's a air purifier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, I probably shouldn't have included that. Nah, that's fine. Well, if you get in trouble because you bought your wife an air purifier, don't blame me. All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to steer us back to some technology stuff. How does that sound? Yeah. And I'm going to pick Carrot Weather for iOS and the Mac. We've talked about Carrot Weather a bunch. It is by far my favorite weather application on all platforms. It's the best Apple Watch app I've ever used. The Mac app is a menu bar app, so you have weather just at a glance, and you can open a map in a separate window. But on the iPhone and iPad in particular, it 
it really shines. It's extremely customizable. You can set different alerts and different data you want to see. So maybe humidity is not important to you, but it's super important to me where I live. And so I have that you know, front and center on all the screens. You can really just really customize it. And it's, it's $4.99 and there's in-app purchases depending on what you want, but it is really invaluable to, to me. And I think to a lot of people who live in places uh, where weather happens, I know David is not necessarily a big concern for you all the time, but it is for a lot of us and carrot weather. I've tried all of them. Like gang, I've tried every weather app on the app store, I think. And I'll always come back to carrot weather time and time again. Yeah, well, it's a big deal in California too. Like I, the air quality index thing on carrot weather, I was running on my watch and my phone for months after that fire. I just turned them off recently. And like windstorms are a problem where I live and, and carrot weather just, it is not only an app made with an opinion, but it also is just a very good weather app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the widgets in iOS 14 are really fantastic. They do this thing where the widget will change itself depending on what's going on. So if you have rain coming in, it will show less of the forecast and show you a rain gauge, you know, or like, you know, it's going to rain in 10 minutes, like the dark sky thing. It shows you warnings and watches. It's really well done. And, you know, it's it's basically one guy, Brian, who puts this app together. And it's really a shining example to me of what a really like fully featured iOS app can be because he takes advantage of everything new every year, it seems like. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move and enter offer code MPU at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. I'm a firm believer in the notion that if you're going to make something and put it on the internet, you need to own that space on the internet. And I do that through Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. No matter what it is you want to create, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. Now, if you're listening to the Mac Power users, you're probably nerdy enough to have built your own website or at least thought about it. Um, But Squarespace does that work for you. And I can tell you as someone who has both rolled my own and used Squarespace, Squarespace is by far the better option. It just saves so much time, and it's such a better website. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. And anybody can use Squarespace. Uh, I helped a friend set up a Squarespace website. She's super happy with it. She runs it now. I don't have to have any involvement with the website. It's just all taken care of. And Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. But you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash MPU. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain and to show your support for the Mac Power users. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash MPU and the code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. 
a bit of technology I bought this year that I would recommend as a gift for your for your nerd in your life or for yourself is the uh, Eufy E U F Y camera system. Um, I if you've listened to the show, you know I have kind of a sordid history with security cameras. I've tried all these different systems over the years. I tried the Canary. I tried you know, some of the more expensive ones, and they never felt like they were the right mix for me in terms of how much does it cost and whether the features I get. And, and increasingly over the last few years, I felt like all these camera systems, it's like a Gillette razor thing where, you know, they, you buy the razor and then they sell you the blades where they want you to give them so much money a year to store all your home video on their server, which just, you know, makes me nervous anyway. And um, then Eufy shows up. Eufy is a subsidiary or affiliate of Anchor. I don't know the exact relationship between the companies. But Anchor is a company that I trust, and a couple of my picks today are from Anchor. And they made these cameras, and the whole idea of their camera system was that you store the video yourself. So when you buy the base unit, the one I'm putting in the links, you get two 2k cameras and you get a thing that you plug into your hub you know like everything else it's got a you know ethernet into your network and it's got storage inside that hub so the cameras are wireless but they send the video to the hub station right there and then they've got an app where you can access it so you're not storing it on their servers you're storing it yourself locally They've also embraced HomeKit Secure Video, so you can connect the cameras to HomeKit Secure Video and store it in your iCloud through Apple, which is something that a lot of their competitors are not doing because they look at that as a disincentive for you to pay them to store it for you. And Eufy has embraced that. And in the last year, since they've really kind of shown up, they've got this rich ecosystem. So the system's grown. I put the doorbell in now, and I've got some of the security lights, you know, those security lights you have on the outside of your house. So I've got some of those that also have cameras built into them and everything ties to their app. It works really nice. Um, the M one Mac runs the mobile app, but they also have a Mac app, which isn't really that good. But between, you know, I've used up my allotment of five home kit cameras through Apple and I have mm. a couple more that I have to go in the app for all through this Eufy system. And I've, I've been buying, you know, adding on to them. They're not that expensive. If you look for sales, the 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 indoor cameras that are wired are like around 30 bucks, you know, when they're on sale. And so it's not that expensive to set them up. And they do a good job. And I've just been overall, for the first time, I've really felt like, okay, I've kind of got a good camera system. If you come to my house now, you're probably going to end up on tape, you know, and um, <laughs> not not a creepy way, but you know, it's just there, and um, it's very. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I finally kind of cracked that nut this year, and it was with these Eufy products. I saw a thread in the forum where there were a couple of people at the bottom that didn't like them that sent them back, and I, I didn't really kind of get to the bottom of why. But I also saw a lot of people in the forum that really liked them, like me, and I've just never really took to a camera system like I have these Eufy's. No, that's that's great. And you're right. There are a lot of, uh, really most of the solutions out there are streaming that video, you know, to the cloud and they're owned by Amazon or Google or whatever, including myself. Like I've got uh, Nest Cams and, you know, I've got fan members with Ring cameras. Like they're definitely around. Uh, but I, I, if I was starting from scratch, this is the route I would go to leave it all on the network. And I think that, 
over time, hopefully more and more companies offer that as an option as things like HomeKit and uh, and even just local storage and local like machine learning, you know, recognizing people and stuff uh, get get better. Yeah, but so much of the business model is that ongoing service fee. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I, you know, I'm paying Nest every month. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to get around it. And I'm sure they're safe, but are they safe? You know, you just wonder, right? And and the more of these cameras you put around your house, the less likely you are to want, you know, someone else to be able to log into a website somewhere and see that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I've been really happy with these. Uh, one of the complaints in the forum I just read while you were talking was the battery life. The battery life, I, I think they claim it's like six months of battery life. It's like one or two months, you know, it's not. And it depends on where you set it up. Yeah. Um, the battery life is way, way overstated. But I also bought some of those Canary, um, those Canary wireless cameras mm-hmm. before I went down the UV route. And their battery life, I think they said it would last like two months. And it lasted like three or four days. It was like ridiculous Ooh. how bad the batteries were in those. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, kind of choose your poison there. But I'm I'm actually trying to get away from too much battery based video surveillance. I can do most of it wired now, with just a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's how the Nest stuff is. It, it's all wired, and so you know, mounting one, looking out the front of the house, you know, it ran power through the attic over to it, and it, you know, it was an adventure. It was a Leatherman kind of day, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it was the big <laughs> Leatherman day. That's right, a very hot, sweaty attic Leatherman day. All right, I'm going to go with a uh, an SSD that we've talked about before, uh, but the Samsung T7 portable SSD. They've had the T3 and the T5, and now the T7. They have some that can use like fingerprint to unlock. I don't even know if that works on the Mac. I, I just have bought the ones without it. And you can get them up to two terabytes now. And they're often on sale. Uh, right now, the two terabyte one is three uh, $280. Normally the two terabyte is 370, but if you wait it out on Amazon, they, they drop pretty often. And I've got now a bunch of these running around for, you know, external storage or for moving things back and forth. I travel with a couple of them, you know, because usually we generate a lot of media on the road and I want a, a backup copy of that. So it's not just on my laptop um, and they're small and lightweight USB-C, which is basically everywhere now if you have a modern Mac. And I've just been really, really happy with these over the years. And I hadn't realized that they were up to two terabytes now, which is just uh, really just wild. But you can get a 500 gig one now for about a hundred bucks, which you know, years and years ago, we all said, you know, SSD prices are going to come down. They're going to come down. This is what we're enjoying now, that you can get a $100, 500 gig SSD that's silent and bus powered and about the size of, I don't know, uh, you know, a quarter of a deck of cards, like really thin, put it in your back pocket. It's fantastic. I love the future. I love SSDs. I have the T5. I have a, mm-hmm. the T7, I think, is new since I bought mine. T7 is twice as fast as the T5, but the T5 <laughs> honestly <laughs> is crazy fast. And, uh, and like whenever I take a trip, I bring it along because it's just like additional storage. It almost feels like when you take it out of the box, like it's empty. Yeah. Like they just gave you a case with nothing in it. It's so light. <laughs> um, but, and you can attach one now to not only a Mac, but a, an iPad Pro as well. And you just find all sorts of uses. Or the or the new air. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I still don't know how I feel about using an SSD as a time machine target. Like it's something that's overkill for most people. But if you yeah. wanted to, it's feasible now with a two terabyte SSD. Yeah. yeah, but you could get a two terabyte spinning drive for like 50 bucks. Yeah, know? but then I'm you got sure a spinning cool. drive. That's no fun. <laughs> I say that. I, I don't I don't think I've talked about it, but I ended up caving and having to put a couple spinning drives in my Mac Pro and it, it hurts me every time I hear them. Oh, Steven. It hurts. What, what are you doing, man? Uh, it was for backups. I, I exceeded what I could do on a, a single internal SSD because they max out at four terabytes right now. And I didn't want to like raid a bunch of SSDs together. So my time machine drive is now spinning. Can you hear it though? Uh, When it first cranks up, I can. But after, after that, it's fine. If I got music or if I'm recording with in-ears in, I can't. I can't hear it. So My condolences. I know. It's a real bummer. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I, I know, but I think this is a great pick. Um, if anybody, like you just never know when you're going to go and need some extra storage. One of the things I do when I travel, especially like vacation stuff, we always take a lot of pictures. I shoot a lot of video. Is I will offload the the media from the trip onto my T5. Mm-hmm. And then I will pack it in separate luggage or just put it in my pocket when I travel. You know, it's like I always have this fear, like what if, you know, my luggage with my all my pictures in it from the trip, you know, fell off a cliff or got yeah. sent to another country or something. And I just I just want this storage. Although when I think about it with photos, it's probably all in the cloud anyway by the time I leave. But you know, it, it's nice having additional storage. Oh, it is. And it's small enough where if it was really like critical, you could keep it on your person. It's so small. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by SyncUp, a OneDrive podcast. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, and it's always fun to explore what's going out there in podcast land, SyncUp takes you behind the scenes of OneDrive so you can learn about how to connect files, share your documents, or work from anywhere. And you'll get to hear about the design and development side of things, too. Each show covers a dedicated topic, guest interviews, news and announcements, plus a special topic outside of the normal technology talk. And to give you an idea of what to expect, I want to tell you about some of the topics you may be interested in that were on previous episodes. They've talked about empowering us Mac users by changing management and product adoption, customer success, file sharing, personal vaults, and more. It's been really cool to hear how this technology can work for everybody, even for using a Mac. So go and listen to it now. Just search for Sync Up wherever you get your podcast. That's S-Y-N-C-U-P, or click the link in the show notes to go check it out. Our thanks to Sync Up and Microsoft for their support of this show and Relay FM. One of our very first shows we did after you joined the Mac Power Users was kind of a diary show that turned into mm-hmm. a love letter to day one. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, when I look back, we didn't plan it that way, but it just kind of came out that way. And as we're heading into the new year, I think an excellent gift for yourself or for somebody else would be a subscription, a proper subscription to the day one app. Um, day one doesn't get enough news coverage because they've, they've pulled all the low hanging fruit and a lot of the high hanging fruit as well already. It's just such a well-made application. And if you want to do, you know, diarying with a, a digital, you know, version, pull stuff in, 
It's got end-to-end encryption. It's, I mean, it's just got all the checkboxes you need checked. Uh, with a, a subscription model, you can also have it transcribe your voice so you can be like Captain Picard at the end of the day and, you know, just say your, you know, your day summary and it'll record, add your recording to your day one. So you've got your voice recorded, but it'll also transcribe it for you right there. You can add pictures. Like I, I'm looking back now that we've had this dog for, you know, since February, I've got a lot of day one entries, of course, with a puppy. How can you not? And it's fun looking back at them because now my puppy is basically a dog. You know, <laughs> it's fun to look at the little puppy pictures. Um, so it's a, it's just a great app. And I think as you head into the new year, this would be a great habit to start. But even as you go through the holidays, why not just do it right now? You know, record these holidays now with your thoughts. Um, I really think, you know, I keep coming back to the pandemic. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a drag, but I think that these are weird times we're living through and kind of recording your thoughts on it is probably something you may want to look back on someday. So, uh, and day one is an excellent way to do it. And, and if you've got a nerd and even a non-nerd in your family, like I I'm seriously considering just buying a subscription for my, my spouse, except she diaries with paper journals. So I don't know if she, she dig it or not, but you know, if you've got someone in your life that you think might appreciate this, that would be an excellent gift as well. I can't agree more. I use it almost every single day and it is so fantastic. And like um, Carrot Weather and some other apps we've talked about, really well integrated. So you can bring things in from photos and use your location and time and all of that stuff just works. And it's uh, it's a real joy to use and even more of a joy to look back on. In fact, one of the iOS 14 widgets I'm using is uh, basically this day in history in day one. And I've been using it for seven or eight years. And so to be able to see, you know, what happened this day six years ago, it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I've been experimenting a lot with personal knowledge management applications. We've talked on the show about Rome and Obsidian, and it seems like there's a new one every week. And I know a lot of people are trying to use those for their diaries. And I honestly think they're making a mistake. I think day one is better for that than any of these personal acknowledgement. I mean, there's stuff you can do with PKM that day one doesn't do and day one is lousy at. But for just keeping track of your life and recording what's going on, it's going to be really hard to beat day one. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you said you don't want to be a bummer about the pandemic, but I got to do one like super pandemic-y pick. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, like a lot of people, I've tried a lot of different masks over the last several months, and my favorite has been the Adams mask. Uh, Adams had, I think they made shoes before, I think they still do, uh, but it's called the Adams Everyday Mask. It's uh, like polyester and has copper lining in it. You can hand wash it up to 50 times, and then after that, it just works like a fabric cloth, like one you would maybe make at home. Uh, I guess the the copper layer kind of breaks down uh, over that time. But a bunch of different sizes, a bunch of different finishes and colors. I wear a medium and it works well with glasses because it's pretty tight across your nose. If you wear glasses, you know that finding a mask that works can be a real, a real pain without, you know, getting all fogged up. And what is really cool about this is that for every one they sell, they give one away. They have uh, an extensive network of shelters and 
other nonprofits, healthcare workers, people who need masks and don't can't necessarily get them, uh, they are uh, giving these away to people. And I think that's a, a really cool thing you can be a part of when you go and buy a mask for yourself. Okay, so I'm tempted to buy something now because this looks really cool. Yeah, it's great. I hate that it says Adams on it. I hate that. Yeah, I, mean, I do too. But uh, it is what it is. Like a bunch of them have logos on them. I know. Well, that's a good that's a good pick and uh, a good year for it. Yep. Something now that we've got all these USB C Apple devices out, um, you know the the MacBooks, the M1 Macs, the the iPad Pro. Um, you know the problem with all these is a lack of ports and. We've talked on the show over the year about some of these uh, hubs that you can put on your desktop that are powered and give you all these features, but we've never talked about a hub that you can carry in your bag with you, which is, I think, what you really need with the mobile computers and iPads. Um, So this year, I went on a spirit quest to find a good one, and I bought several and sent several back. The one I ended up liking was the Anchor USB uh, Power Hub. And they, the problem with Anchor is they've got two or three that look almost identical. The one you want is the one I'm going to put in the show notes. It's it's the eight in one. You don't want the seven in one because the seven in one only has a. They both got Ethernet ports in it, but the uh, the eight in one has a ten gigabyte speed, and the seven in one has a one gigabyte speed. And okay. one of the big uses for one of these hubs is you want to plug into an Ethernet you know port with your laptop or your iPad. You can do that with one of these devices. Uh, they're very small. They'll fit in your pocket. They come with a little pouch. And so they're, they're just very convenient. They don't weigh much. They're very easy to carry around with you. And it gives you all the ports, you know, HDMI, SD card, USB-C, USB-A, you know, Ethernet, whatever it is you're going to need to plug into your device. You're going to have it all combined in this one thing. And, you know, the Apple ones are pretty expensive. And I found these Anchor ones to be very reliable with more ports for about the same price as the Apple one. Yeah, that's nice having uh, a bunch of stuff, uh, including fast Ethernet. Uh, so a bunch of these don't even have Ethernet at all, which is frustrating yeah. to me. Uh, it also has fast USB-C and uh, USB-A, so you can get like really high-speed transfers off of stuff, like a Samsung SSD. Yeah, and it has pass-through charging, so you can plug it into a power brick and charge your device through the same port. Um, you know, cause on these new MacBooks, you don't have very many ports. Yeah. That's a good one. Do you use anything like this? I do. I have a, uh, some random anchor one that I bought years ago. It has ethernet, but it's just, it's just gigabit. Um, but yeah, when I travel, it's, you need, you always need more ports. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get one of these and you get one of those chargers Stephen recommended earlier and you're kind of set. I think so. All right. So we are we're getting towards the end here, kind of looking through uh, what else I have. And I'm going to go with a Disney Plus subscription. Okay. It, it, this is one this that is I feel like way. maybe you would have done, but I, I beat you to it. Um, I've got the combo with hulu and espn plus all of that all in one which i which i like uh we've had disney plus for a while i mean i guess since it launched like a year now and of course you've used it for kids stuff but i've only recently branched out into stuff uh for me so of course there's uh the mandalorian 
But a really good series I recently enjoyed that just wrapped up was The Right Stuff, which follows the the earliest American astronauts, kind of the Mercury Seven, and it, it's fictionalized. But it's a good uh, it's a good series, and I think that having uh, that sort of stuff on Disney Plus too, like uh, it's not just for watching kids stuff. And I think maybe some people out there think it is like there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. And if you do the combo with Hulu and ESPN Plus, it's it's a pretty good deal. It looks like. Yeah, I I would um you know. Not surprisingly, Disney Plus is very popular in the Sparks household. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the um, some series I'd recommend that for adults is they've got an Imagineering series in there that goes behind the scenes of it tells the history of you know how they designed the attractions for the parks and it even gets into kind of the interpersonal stuff and how leadership changed and priorities changed over the years from the time they first started making Disneyland to today. And I thought that was fascinating. It and was. maybe that's just because I, I love Disney so no, much. It, it was I, fantastic. I really loved it. Yeah. Um, they also have, um, in addition to stuff for your kids, they have stuff to watch with your kids. Um, my my grown children and I, over the weekend, fell into a hole on Disney Plus on a series called Pixar in Real Life, Ooh. where it's in New York, and they just kind of recreate scenes from Pixar movies. Oh, yeah. And like the park and people stumble into it and it's very funny and fun and uplifting. And, you know, I don't know. I I can't say enough about it because, you know, then there's the whole star Wars thing. It's got like, not just the star Wars movies. It's got all the star Wars animation. It's got the, the the star Wars holiday special. Steven, have you watched that with your boys Mm. or your kids? No, I uh, respect my children. I don't think they should see. (laughs) I don't want to see it again. No, no, no. They made a new one this year. Oh, did with they? Lego, okay. And it's hilarious. It's so good. It's okay. So good. I was I thought um, you were talking about like the course, crazy old one, which was Oh no, that was nuts. Terrible. Was nuts. Yeah, B B Arthur. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Uh but the uh, uh are you familiar with the story behind that original Star Wars holiday special? I just assume everyone was on drugs and they thought it was a good idea, but yeah, well, yeah, George Lucas hated the fact that he did it so much that he started like buying up all the copies of it, like to the extent there were copies out there. Wow. And for a while, it almost looked like he had erased it from our culture mm-hmm. because he just did not want it out there. And then YouTube showed up, right? And, you know, somebody had one copy yep. and that was it. And now everyone's seen but it again. The- yeah, but the uh, but this new one is is really good and it's fun and we watched it and had a good time. Mandalorian, of course, I love it. In fact, my dog's name Ahsoka in just the last episode. Now everybody knows who my dog's named after because she showed up in the last episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I can say enough. I I would do almost an add on pick is the Apple um TV Plus network, which I feel like Apple did a really good job with that. I, you know, I. I wanted to avoid being a fanboy and saying, you know, I make a show about Apple. So of course you should get the Apple network. I was very skeptical of it, but I feel like they added some great shows this year. And like, you know, Ted Lasso came at the exact right moment and we, we enjoyed Dickinson and a bunch of the, like, it's just quality programming. So that's been really fun to see those shows this year. Yeah. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. We've watched several things now and, I'm really excited for, in, the, in particular, for All Mankind and The Morning Show to come back. And, of course, Ted Lasso as well, which is 
So good. I mean, and it's it's almost a universal like umbrella recommendation for me that that Ted Lasso is something you should watch. Yeah, it just makes you feel good. It does. It does. You know, Merlin's been watching it like over and over. <laughs> like he's, I, I don't know how many that. times he's watched it now. So uh, I mentioned that we got a dog this year, and that's mm-hmm. been I I can't get over how much we've turned into dog people. I, I legitimately think that I spend more time taking care of this dog than my parents took care of me in the seventies, you know, (laughs) just kind of a sign of the times. Right. But as a nerd, of course I had to make a nerd purchase for my dog. And, um, we've, we've got all this time and money and love invested in this dog, but you know, she's kind of a runner, you know, she likes to run around and I, I'm, I was a little afraid she'll get away. Um, so I bought a collar for my dog it's called the Fi Collar F I, and we'll uh, we'll put it on. We'll put a link in the show. There, that's at tryfi.com. But it's a hundred bucks, and it's a collar that has a GPS device and a step counter in it. So I actually get a step count on my dog every day, which is kind of hilarious because my dog has four legs and I only have two. <laughs> Well, no, it's, 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 it's important, right? Like uh, having a healthy pet's uh, a big deal. Well, it's kind of funny because like everything else, of course they have stats and social components. Sure. And my dog is the mayor of my town. Like if you look in the app every week, my dog wins. Cause I, I do a two mile hike just about every day with her. And, um, so she, uh, they rank all the dogs in my city that have this collar and she does the most steps of any dog in the city. We were, we were actually walking the other day and somebody saw some total stranger walking her dog and she says, Oh, it's Ahsoka, the (laughs) mayor of your city. So, you know, whatever. But the, uh, but the, 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 the real benefit of it is that it's a GPS device. So, uh, I drew a geofence around our house in the app. And if the dog gets beyond that fence, I get a notification on my watch and my phone and my kids get notifications because they're in on it too. And it just, you know, and if the dog gets away, you know, and, and you know, dogs can be chipped now. So if the, they get picked up, they can figure out who they are, even if they have a collar on. But with this GPS, you know exactly where the dog is at any time. And um, it's big enough that it's got a decent sized battery. I charge it about every three weeks. And um, it's just, you know, it's kind of nice if you've got a dog. Yeah, it's cool. I'm going to put what in the link in the show notes, I'm going to put my, um, I have an affiliate code for this. If you use it, you get an extra, you get an extra dog band for it, you know, so you can have different colored ones. I don't really care. Don't use it. If you don't want to, I don't care, but you actually get a little extra stuff if you use the affiliate code. But if you've got a dog, it's kind of fun. I don't know. I, I kind of get a, um, an amount of joy out of seeing her step count every day. Cause it, it's insane. Like, you know, 60,000 steps a day, Yeah, <laughs> but she has four legs. Yeah, you know? it's divided by two, right? Is that how that works? Yeah, or even like if if we, even we don't do the hike, but I do a lot of work in the yard, and she's out there with me, she'll still hit sixty thousand because she never stops moving. You know? Yeah. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. There, there's other ones out there. I looked into this, and they're all really expensive. This was the only one that was kind of like in the right price range, and um, and it works. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to make my my final Apple hardware pick. Okay. I've been holding out. 
and it is the HomePod Mini. We've we've got right. one in our bedroom. It's ninety nine bucks. It is adorably tiny, and it doesn't sound as good as the full HomePod. The full HomePod sounds amazing, but this sounds really good and really good for its size and for a bedroom. It's definitely loud enough. And uh, yeah, it's it's. I like that it's not so overwhelming as the HomePod. Like there, if there's a HomePod in the room, you just see it, right? It's like HomePod is here. But the Mini is small and cute, and it's just this little thing, little Siri ball. And we've been, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised by the the sound quality that it that it manages to pump out. I want to make that a double pick because okay. um, my my daughter bought one for herself. You know, she spent her own money on it, and um, and I was in her room playing with it, and she's like using Siri often with it gets her weather, gets her schedule. I mean, all this stuff that I never saw her doing, she's a hundred percent in with, and it does sound good. I mean, it doesn't sound as nearly as good as the one that costs twice as much, but, um, it sounds fine. And she listens to music on it all the time. You know, I showed her the thing where you can tap your phone against it and it just moves your audio source from the phone to the mini. And that was a total game changer for her. Right. So if you're listening to music or a podcast, you tap your phone against the iPod mini. I'm going to say the HomePod mini and it, the music just moves over. And that works for the the other HomePods too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like it's really nice and it integrates well. And at a hundred bucks, it's a really easy gift to buy for somebody. I, I think it is. Even as someone who's not into like the home kit stuff, just having it as an Apple music speaker is enough for a hundred bucks. I, I think they're, I think this is going to do really well in the holiday season for Apple. I think they're going to sell a bunch of these. Yeah. Yeah, me too. All right. I have, um, one last pick. Okay. Every year I come up with something dumb and, uh, this year is no different. Um, so we talked about the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're listening, you're, uh, you know, you've heard it called the child or baby Yoda. Well, now it has a name. Its name is Grogu. Which is sad. I'm not sure about that name yet, Steven. Just not sure. Yeah. Baby Yoda or the child. I kind of like the child is very mysterious and like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm looking at this link. Just please, please tell people what you've put in here. Well, I, you know, well, first I just want to kind of get through this thing with Star Wars and names. Sometimes I feel like George Lucas was in a hurry when he named things, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Count Dooku sounds a lot like Count Poo Poo, right? It does. It's like, come on, George. But he was busy, so that was it. He had to get to lunch. Uh, so Grogu feels a little that way to me, but we'll see. Maybe it'll grow me. But either way, before I knew his name was Grogu, I bought from Sideshow Toys a life-size replica of the child. <laughs> it's now in my house. That's right. The child lives in my house now. Uh, I-, I mentioned this site, uh, I think, two years ago on the holiday special <laughs> for, for Power users. Uh, I have a bunch of Star Wars friends and they all collect all this stuff, right? They've got like, they collect the toys, they collect the ships and all that. I don't want that stuff because I don't have room for any of it. So I buy myself something, one nice thing a year, and it usually is Star Wars related. And this year I bought the child. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have him decorated with his holiday hat on, just a member of the family. <laughs> and he's on the table next to the Christmas tree now. <laughs> That's fantastic. But I think Sideshow Toys, if there is a nerd in your life, you do not have to buy them a life-size replica of the child. But if there's a nerd in your life, 
no matter what it is they're nerdy about, whether it's anime or Marvel or Star Wars or whatever, there is something there for them. That that website is like crazy. I, I'm allowed to buy one thing there a year, and that's all I do. <laughs> but the uh, but uh, this year I bought the child. Oh, I've I've definitely looked at the you know Back to the Future stuff. It's like I think I do need another DeLorean. I have on one shelf in my office. I have a Lego DeLorean and then a Hot Wheels DeLorean. I was like, maybe I do need this premium model. <laughs> yeah. See, nobody is safe at that website. I feel like there's a lot of overlap between Mac power users, listeners and people who would like sideshow toys. Oh, that Venn diagram is real tight. <laughs> yeah. And I love how they call it collectibles because they're toys, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're things that can bring you joy by looking at them or interacting with them. Either one. Yeah. And the funny thing with sideshow, the stuff I buy from them, usually I buy them after they announce them. Like I got the child cheaper than it's for sale now. Cause when they announced it, I just ordered one and you just forget about it. And then one day it just shows up on your doorstep and it's like Christmas. It's good. I'm, ha- I'm happy you, you have it and happy you enjoy it. Oh yes. We are having much joy with Kroku. <laughs> I guessed it on a star Wars podcast and Grogu was in my camera frame and everybody seemed to like that. So there you go. <laughs> I think that does it. That's a bunch of picks. Yeah. Hopefully there's something in there. Always, I think, at the end, as we say, there's some great places to give money to. I know that we asked you this year to give money to St. Jude's, but you know what? St. Jude's could still use some money. Yes. So that's not a bad one. There's there's always uh, groups who are doing good work. You know, if it's St. Jude or something else big or something in your own community, this is, of all years, a great time to set some money aside and, and make it do good in the world. Yeah. And um, we hope you guys all have a happy holiday. Hopefully some of these gift ideas can help you out either, well, either for yourself or for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've got links in the show notes for all of these things. Let us know what your favorite geek guide gifts are. Maybe uh, in the uh, forum, maybe there'll be something in there, Stephen, that we realize that we need to buy each other. I don't oh, know. is that what we're doing? I don't No, No, we're not going to do that. Are we moving into Christmas gifts? It's a big step. I think that would get crazy. I think that would get crazy. But I'm going to send you warm cheer and support. I'm down with that. That's good. All right. Either way, check it out in the forums. we got a lot of smart listeners. They're going to have gift ideas that never occurred to us. Love to see what you guys are thinking about. Thank you to our sponsors, 1Password, Woven, Squarespace, and Microsoft. We are the Mac Power Users. You can find us over at relay.fm slash MPU. Those forums I was mentioning. You can find those at talk.macpowerusers.com. And we will see you next week when we talk all about paperless. Goodbye.